0: Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Maryland's Most Notorious Murders, where the most gruesome, the most grisly, the most bizarre, the most high-profile homicide cases in Maryland are examined and profiled. This season, season three, relationship murders or husband wife boyfriend girlfriend type murders are discussed and profiled on this episode the brutal murder of seven month pregnant elizabeth waters is profiled and the unsolved shooting murder of 38 year old transgender alfonza watson is discussed Okay, this is a story about being selfish. This is a story about being greedy. This is a story about being trifling. And this is a story about not facing up to your own responsibility and taking ownership of your own accountability. 24-year-old Elizabeth Waters was happily single and pregnant. Known to her friends and family as Liz, she herself had grew up in the foster care system since the age of six, before she was adopted by her foster family at 10 years old. Raised in a loving two-parent household, she grew up surrounded by other foster kids who she considered her brothers and sisters. She lived in a 2400 block of North Calvert Street And she looked forward to raising her daughter, who she planned to name Olivia. Despite this being her first pregnancy, she managed to hold a job as a waitress at the Charles Village Pub on St. Paul Street in Central North Baltimore, which is not an easy job to do, you know, being on your feet and everything, being pregnant. But for some reason, she loved it. She loved interacting with her regular customers and She would spend time with them discussing her pregnancy and her upcoming birth and how she planned to raise her daughter. According to articles for the Baltimore Sun, she would clip the fingernails of her elderly customers, the ones who had arthritis, and she would do stuff like draw funny and witty sayings on, you know, the company's chalkboard. Liz could listen forever. I used to tell her she could be a psychiatrist, a friend told reporters for the Baltimore Sun. She loved living in the city and she loved working there, her mother told reporters. She had plenty of loving, caring friends who all were on deck to help her take care of a baby. Two of her friends had even altered their lives by moving closer to her in order to help her. There was just one problem. One issue with this whole scenario, her baby daddy was a married man. 24-year-old David Lee Miller from the 1200 block of Halstead Road in Parkville got married in March of 2005 and according to public record, he and his wife who had no kids together apparently must have been having issues shortly after they got married because by august of the same year just three months after saying i do his wife said i don't and filed for a divorce basing her grounds on voluntary separation but a week later the couple the the, both the couple decided to work it out and they both tried to get the order dismissed either way not too long after that David met Liz the married man started hooking up with her and she became pregnant he must have thought he could just you know free ball fucking around and just get away with everything you know like she was just gonna get rid of it but you know she was just gonna get an abortion and you know everything was just gonna you know be happily ever after but no, Liz had other plans she wasn't she was like with or without you, she planned to raise the baby herself, but because she came from such a big family and she was always surrounded by that close-knit family community, she did want her daughter to know where she came from. She wanted her daughter to know who her biological father was, whether, you know, married or not. And as she got closer and closer to her due date of August the 16th, she got more and more agitated and more and more frustrated, you know, with him ignoring her calls and ignoring her visits. And for three days straight, her girlfriends took turns driving her to his house, the one that he shared with his wife, ready to bring all this news to his doorstep. For three days, they showed up looking for him, only to have their actions ignored. Finally, on the third day on the third day that she showed up at his house early in the morning of July 11th, 2007 around 8 8 a.m. with her knocking at his door and calling his phone at the same time more than two hours passed before he finally called her back, returned her phone call and told her to meet him in the parking lot of the Parkway Crossing Shopping Center on Cleanly Road in the Hillandale neighborhood of Northeast Baltimore. So a little after 10 a.m., she and her friend drove her Dodge Stratus in the parking lot of the shopping center and he pulled up right next to them, driving his wife's 2000 black Cadillac. Once Once they parked, he got out of the car he was driving and got in the back seat of her car. And he wasted no time, really. I thought you got rid of it. You're not going to ruin my life, he said, before placing a thirty-eight caliber Smith & Wesson revolver to Liz's left cheek and pulling the trigger. Then he turned the gun on her friend and shot her once in the face. As As her friend reached for her cell phone to call 911, he shot her in the face again. Two minutes after David had gotten in that car, the shopping center's parking lot surveillance camera captured him getting back in the Cadillac and pulling off as people started running over to the Dodge Stratus. I don't know how involved they were. She didn't even know he was married. She knew nothing about that when they first met and she never said she was afraid, her mother later told reporters for the Baltimore Sun. Liz's friend, she did manage to complete her call to 911 despite being shot in the face twice paramedics and and the police arrived on the scene minutes later and while her friend had to be flown to shock trauma for immediate treatment seven month pregnant Liz who was reportedly ashen and unresponsive was pronounced dead at 1023 AM while still in her friend's car The two had been friends since high school. The bullet had traveled through her left cheek and brain stem before getting stuck in the base of her skull. Right before her friend was airlifted to shock trauma, a Baltimore County police officer asked her straight out, "'Do you know who shot you?' "'The guy she is pregnant by shot us. "'David Miller,' she told him." 24-year-old Elizabeth had spent her childhood raised with 11 brothers and sisters in the Hamilton neighborhood. Her foster parents were known for taking in foster kids and they had served as parents, foster parents to over 40 foster kids throughout their lifetime as foster parents through various stages of their life. Because she grew up and around so many kids and because she had spent time with her birth mother. She insisted that her daughter know where she came from. She wanted to she wanted her daughter to know who her biological father was, even if he didn't want to have anything to do with her. Liz graduated from Catholic high school in two thousand one and she went on to community college of Baltimore County in Essex, where she earned an associate's degree. Liz had planned to go back to school as soon as she had her daughter. She loved reading especially books about science fiction, fantasy, and child-rearing, a friend told the Baltimore son. Liz had reportedly been looking forward to her planned baby shower that was supposed to take place just a week before she was gunned down in the parking lot. She would have been the greatest mom in the entire world. She loved that baby more than anything in the entire world, her friend said. Her friend... Although she was shot twice in the face, even I don't understand how she survived this, but she was still conscious but in critical condition at shock trauma where a doctor was able to pull one of the bullets out of her mouth while she fought for her life at the same time. The next day, 24-year-old David turned himself into the Baltimore County Police Station in Towson. Even though he said he didn't shoot nobody, he ain't know what was going on. He just knew that the police was looking for him. He claimed he was innocent. At first, David was only charged with murdering the mother of his unborn child and the attempted murder of a friend, but the prosecutor decided to also charge him with the murder of his, you know, unborn daughter too. See, in October of two thousand five. A law that was just 2 years old had been passed in Maryland called the Maryland's Fetal Homicide Law because of the Unborn Victims of Violence Act. This was a law that was passed by Congress in 2004 which basically states that if a fetus is determined that it could have survived on its own if it were born and if a person takes its mother's life then that person can be charged with murder or manslaughter, manslaughter of the unborn baby. Now, this law came about because of the famous murder case of Scott Peterson. If y'all can remember that case where, I forget what state it was, but he killed his wife, dumped in the ocean. She was eight months pregnant with their son, Connor, and he got convicted in March of 2005 for killing both his wife and their unborn son. Because based on the testimony of the medical examiner who testified in court that a fetus is deemed viable or with life or having life if an autopsy reports that it could have survived if it was born outside his mother's body at the time of her death and because of this law this newly enacted law in maryland david became the first person in maryland's legal history to be charged under this new law this new fetal homicide law charged with two counts of first-degree murder and first degree attempted murder david was held without bail now why did this idiot why why he take this to trial you had an eyewitness a credible eyewitness the person you shot i might add testifying against you she 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 wanted to talk to him about the baby she got upset a seven-month pregnant woman with hormones racing—you want answers? You get upset. This is what her friend testified in her words in the Baltimore County Circuit courtroom. Him and Liz had words. She had told him that he knew that she had gotten rid of. She had told him that he knew that she hadn't gotten rid of the baby, and that she had left him a voicemail message saying it was a girl. I turned back, and that's when I saw a gun. He shot Liz in the head. I saw her go forward. Then he shot me, she testified. When the lead homicide detective in the case, who was a 35-year veteran of the Baltimore County Police Department, when he got on the stand and testified against uh, Mr. Miller in this case, and he couldn't even hold his emotions in, he broke down on the stand as he described the condition Liz's friends was in when he saw her at the hospital, when he saw her in shock trauma in such bad shape that, you know, he couldn't even talk. The judge had to call for a break and ask the jury to leave while the detective got himself together. I'm sorry, Judge. There's something about this case, he said, while wiping away tears. Even David's own cousin and his friend testified against him. They literally got on the stand, and his own cousin said that he gave him the gun after shooting both of them. A medical examiner testified that the three-pound, 18-and-a-half-inch-long baby that was removed from Liz's body, it would have survived on its own if the mother hadn't been killed. And, And the crime was caught on the shopping center's parking lot surveillance camera. David basically left his two public defenders with absolutely nothing to work with. And he tried to fire them during the trial, telling the judge that they didn't ask, you know, they ain't asked this question or they ain't asked that question or whatever. They didn't do this right. They didn't do that right. I mean, people kill me with that. Like, really? Don't blame your lawyers. I mean, um, excuse me. In less than two hours of deliberating, a Baltimore County jury convicted David of two counts of first degree murder. And one count of attempted murder. All he could do was just hang his head when the verdict was read. At his sentencing hearing, his two public defenders tried their best to show him, like, in a good life. They tried their best saying that, you know, before he shot three people, that he did hold a job for six months as a used car salesman. And he did have a rough childhood because at six years old, he did have to take on jobs like bagging groceries, pumping gas, begging people for fair change, selling candy and clothes and stuff like that, cutting grass, all this stuff to help support his poor brothers and sisters because he grew up in a life of poverty and he told the judge that he took care of his disabled brother And once he saved his brothers and sisters when they were abandoned by their mother in a house with no food or electricity, you know, blah, 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 cry me a river, Where's the violin, the the judge wasn't moved by, you know, none of this. None of this. I mean, come on. The judge actually said, it's hard to imagine a case that's more awful. I mean, how could somebody be so self-centered, so selfish that they're willing to kill their own child and other people? Just because it would be inconvenient. It's very hard and I spent a lot of time thinking about it to conceive it. He said all of this before he sentenced David to two consecutive two concurrent life sentences without the possibility for parole. He was twenty-five years old at the time he got sentenced for this. Now the reason why this case was notorious in Maryland is Because, as I stated before, this was historic. It was the first case that was tried in Maryland under that new fetal law that they had that was based off of the Scott Peterson case. Um, He probably figured, or wasn't even thinking when he pulled the trigger, that he would be charged with two homicides. Or maybe he didn't care. He shot a a, a pregnant lady. He he, He shot the mother of his kids. He never denied that the baby was his or anything like that. He just did not want his wife to know what he was doing. And like he said, he he thought that a baby would ruin his life. At 24 years old, he thought that a baby would ruin his life more than a double murder conviction and an attempted murder conviction. Wow, that says a lot about him as a person now that's just trifling is like damn you know it's like he didn't even really have a you know a, a real criminal history before this so what was in his mind that would make him think that his life would be even more screwed up with having a child versus facing a double murder conviction that's un unconceivable now i feel sorry for you know not only the victim's family you know because it does you know she was she did reportedly come from a loving family you know a two-parent household um in the foster care system but she did have a relationship with her birth mother um and she had a lot of brothers and sisters and a lot of help you know this baby would have been loved and she didn't necessarily need him she just basically wanted him to know or wanted her daughter to know where she came from because sometimes you know that can be devastating to a child not knowing exactly who your parents are and she didn't especially with her being adopted she wanted to um, you know set the right foundation for bringing her daughter up and that's all she wanted you know But this, to murder the mother of your child, especially, like, while she's pregnant, you know, her friend will possibly have PTSD for the rest of her life. Suffering from something like this, you know, to witness something like this and also to experience something like this and to go through something like this has got to be completely devastating for her. I feel sorry for her. I feel that, um... At 24 years old, which is still very young, he got what he deserved. His life is basically over. He's going to die in prison. He's going to think about what he did every single day um, uh, as he spends his time in North Branch. Uh, it's it's just, wow. You know, it, 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 and, and he wasted no time pulling this trigger. Pulling the trigger. Um... I, it's it's just inconceivable what what took place on that day. He got exactly what he deserved. This will definitely go down in Maryland's history as one of Maryland's most notorious murders. This is a uh, a murderer, a convicted murderer that I have never reached out to. Because, um, to be honest with you, to be totally totally honest with my listeners, I have a funny feeling that he's not going to be truthful anyway. Like, he's claiming he's innocent, no matter all of the evidence that he has against him. Why waste my time? You know, I don't know. Maybe one day I will, just to try to get into his mind and see exactly, like, what was he thinking that, you know, possibly, oh, well, she's not going to play me. She's not going to ruin my life. You know, or whatever, like what he said. But... So this is not ruining your life? Your life is not ruined now? Wow. So I don't know. Maybe I will write to him one day. When it does happen, I will keep um, my listeners posted. For this season, season three, each unsolved homicide will profile a victim who was transgender. While conducting my research on unsolved homicides in Maryland... I could not believe the alarming number of victims who were transgender. I was completely shocked, completely alarmed. It was almost like there's a serial killer targeting victims who are transgender and nobody's doing nothing about it. Seriously. And it was like that these murders don't get investigated. No questioning of potential witnesses. No trying to figure out who the victim's background or what their lifestyle was no talking to family members nothing it's like boom you know there's a victim there's a transgender victim and nothing is being done nobody cares about the victims so for this season season three the spotlight on the unsolved homicides will be victims who were transgender this episode's unsolved homicide is the shooting death of 38 year old Alfonso Watson on March the 22nd 2017 a little after 4 a.m. someone shot Alfonso Watson in the 2400 block of Guilford Avenue near Charles Village a witness reported to police that he heard someone yelling for help then heard shots I seen him hollering and screaming give me my damn money Give me my damn money. And he said, I ain't giving you a damn thing. Next thing I know, I heard, pow, pow, pow. And that was it. That's when a witness said two men got into a a dark-colored car and sped off. 911 was called, and Baltimore City Police found Alfonso around 4 a.m. lying in the street. She was rushed to John Hopkins Hospital, shot in the stomach. Pronounced dead shortly after. Known as Peaches to her friends and family, Alfonza came out as transgender when she was in her teens. Originally from D.C., she had worked in an upscale retail store in Virginia, where she was reportedly one of the best salespersons they had at the store. She moved to Baltimore. 10 or 15 years prior to her murder, where she lived in the 2000 block of North Charles Street in Charles Village. She was the sunshine of our family, a very caring, passionate person who loved cooking and gardening. She was a very fun person to be around, always in a talkative and playful mood, very close to the Lord, she didn't belong to a church or anything like that but she always talked about the Lord her mom told reporters A vigil was held for Alfonso at the Why Not Lot on North Avenue on March 25th 2017 to honor her memory The vigil was organized by the Baltimore Transgender Alliance and attended by representatives of representatives of the local transgender community, allies, members from the local LGBTQ organization, even members of the Baltimore City Police Department came. I'm not just sick of the killing. I'm sick of people not seeing the beauty of our diversity. I'm sick of the dishonest narratives. I'm so sick of people not growing the fuck up and talking about who they really are. We pay the price because somebody won't get honest about who they really are at their core, said the founder of Transgender Network of Sisters of the T in a comment to the Baltimore Sun. Look, people, I'll put it like this. Regardless of who did what, who does what behind closed doors who does what you know what I'm saying everybody deserves justice everybody deserves an equal right to live on this earth everybody deserves answers and what happens to their loved one regardless of what lifestyle they live you know and for this reason That's why I said that the spotlight for unsolved homicides for this season will be on transgenders. You know, and if you have any information at all that can lead to an arrest or conviction in this case, please do not hesitate to call Homicide Detectives at 410-396-2100. Or you can reach them at 1-866-7-LOCKUP. You can also submit a tip online at www.metrocrimestoppers.org or you can submit a tip, a text to 443 902 4824. You can remain anonymous, people. I mean, somebody has to know something in this case. They got to know something. I mean, come on. Seriously. I mean, you can remain anonymous. So, it get it off your conscience. If there's something that you want to sell, if it's something you feel better about, you know, relating or whatever, you don't have to leave your name. The number, again, is 410-396-2100 or 1-866-7-LOCKUP. Or you can submit a tip online at www.MetroCrimestoppers.org. That's Stoppers with an S. Or you can submit a text to 443-902-4824. Somebody got to know something now. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast for updates on new and upcoming spine tingling, noteworthy episodes. Also, please be sure to check out all of the true crime books that are related to this podcast entitled, Marilyn's Most Notorious Murders 1990 through 2008, Marilyn's Unsolved Homicides Volume 1, and the upcoming release, Marilyn's Most Notorious Murders 2008 through 2020. All of these true crime books, as well as my other true crime life books, are available on Amazon.com. Be sure to tune in next week, where another high-profile homicide will be examined and profiled on Maryland's most notorious murders. This has been a Real Life Production.